You've got Eric Berman joining us right now for the State House Review on the DriveHubler.com hotline. One of the things this week that uh, made news was that uh, the Senate committee uh, allowing the police reform bill uh, to pass right on through with unanimous uh, support. This is from House Bill 1006 or 1006. I don't know how you guys say it. Uh, Talk to me about what's in this and talk to me about what pushback it could get uh, in front of a full Senate. Yeah, it has not gotten any pushback yet, and I don't really expect that to change, although we'll find out when it comes up next week. Um, This passed the House unanimously, passed the Senate committee unanimously. This has three big pieces in it. Um, First off, uh, it classifies chokeholds as deadly force, which means that unless your life is in danger, you can't use it. It's not that it's outlawed, but it's uh, the next closest thing to that. Secondly, it makes it easier to get rid of officers who have shown violent tendencies. There's there's some difficulty with that as it now stands. This would uh, streamline that process a little bit. Um, I guess 2A on that, uh, I think we've talked about this before. The state police testified that, uh, you know, when they – when there's an officer who applies to be a trooper and they contact his old department and say, hey, can you send over his employment record, the answer they get is, yeah, he works here. We can confirm that. Um, this would change that. This would say, no, you, you, you have to do more than that. You have to actually tell the inquiring agency, here's his entire employment record. Here's any disciplinary actions and so forth. Try and spot problems if there are any before they come up. And then what it also does is it makes it a misdemeanor to not turn on your body camera. This, I think, has been discussed for a while. There's, you know, Separately in the budget, there's money to uh, to actually fund body cameras uh, for all local departments, uh, set up a grant fund for departments who need to, to apply for that. Um, so it puts that into the law. And finally, there's this emphasis on de-escalation training. It would become part of the standard police academy curriculum, and it would be an annual thing where when they do their refresher in-service training each year. This would be part of the training there. So several different things under that umbrella of police reform aimed at avoiding the, the kinds of incidents that uh, that create uh, problems all the way around. Well, I, I I may agree or disagree with th- with that, but I'll leave that for another time. Talking to Eric Berman, chief political correspondent here at 93 WIBC. Uh, on on the chokehold conversation, if I understand it right, because I think a lot of people can find a lot of good within pretty irrational, a, a quote-unquote rational look, as I see it even, uh, on, on how we might want to change some things with policing. But it doesn't take away the ability of the officer to defend themselves if their life is in danger. Correct, correct. This is not in a routine situation. This this isn't your first go-to. This is if your life is in danger, that along with, you know, pulling your weapon. Um, things that would not be justified for just a routine, I pulled somebody over and I don't like the way he looked at me. Um, but if your life is in danger, that absolutely remains on the table. Now, one of the other things being discussed, the story at WIBC.com via Wish TV, mental health and addiction services could lose millions. This, according to the Mental Health, uh, mental health America of Indiana, that we're possibly losing money in the proposed budget bill. Where does that stand right now? And is there a real possibility of losing dollars that could actually be utilized properly uh, for mental health and addiction services? 
Well, there's certainly that possibility. Uh, the, the mental health organizations are sending the alarm on this. The thing to remember about any budget conversation, whether it's school funding or mental health funding or the cigarette tax or anything else that's in that 200-page bill, it's super early. The Senate has not even opened hearings on uh, on the budget yet. Um, that's coming up, but uh, but not today. At some point over the next month, uh, the Senate will put out its own version of the budget. And even that, once it comes out, is just sort of a working document. Nothing is really going to move toward a final decision until they update the revenue forecast, the, the bipartisan slash nonpartisan legislative services agency, they get together, they put out a forecast of here's how much money we expect we're going to have over the next two years. And it's only then those final decisions get made. So MHAI is doing uh, what they and other agencies uh, need to do, which is call their attention to their areas of concern early. But uh, nothing is close to a final decision right now. Yes. And, and, and how it's been reported has been, well, uh, for me, uh, something I will bring up uh, another time, talking to Eric Berman and your latest, I know it's almost your latest, the bill to block the indie name change might make it easier in other cities. Of course, it was to make sure that Indianapolis remains Indianapolis. But what's the issue now with this bill? Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Remember, that this bill started out as if your city is mentioned in state law, in the Indiana Code, you can't change your name. Um, if you did change your name, you'd have one of these, again, 200-page bills finding all those references and, and it has to be changed. So the original bill from Senator Jack Sandlin said you can't do it. That provision is still in there. But while there's a whole bunch of cities, over 100 by one estimate, that are mentioned in state law, that still leaves a bunch of cities and towns that aren't. And so for them, it changes the procedure. There actually is a law right now on renaming cities. It says if you get 500 signatures, that goes to the city council, and they decide whether to do it. Um, This bill makes it the same standard that we use for a third-party candidate to get on the ballot. You have to get 2% of the votes cast for Secretary of State in the last election. Um, even you need that many signatures to get your name on the ballot. And so this says, yeah, let's make that the same standard. Well, the, what happens there is for most cities in Indiana, all but the top nine, give or take, that's going to be a lower standard. You take a city the size of Muncie um, and the exact numbers, you know, we don't break down votes by by city, we break them down by county, but the election division is in the process of compiling that. But we can pretty safely say, you know, Secretary of State's a low turnout election. We know how many voters there are in Muncie. 2% is going to be fewer than 500, and the smaller your city gets, um, that number is going to go down and down and down. So whether that's a consequence or an unintended consequence um, remains to be seen. This bill's being uh, held for another week while they research some other legal issues on it. But uh, that is uh, one thing that would come of it. Before I let you go, what is happening that I have not brought up? Um, Today, there is another hearing on the governor's emergency powers. Remember, the House and the Senate have competing versions of that bill. The governor doesn't like either one. But there's discussions ongoing between the House, Senate, and the governor's office on how do we do this so we don't get a situation like we had with the pandemic. You know, it was exactly one year ago today that the legislature wrapped up its work and adjourned for the year 
when the pandemic was just getting started. It was also a year ago today that Rudy Gobert tested positive and the NBA suspended its season. Today really is that landmark date. And with the legislature gone, we had eight months of executive orders and emergency orders, and the legislature hasn't been thrilled with that. So, you know, we're not necessarily saying you did anything wrong, but we didn't have an opportunity to weigh in and say one way or the other. So there's a couple of competing bills on that. Senate ha- has markup today on the House version, and we'll see what additional changes get made there. That right there is Eric Berman, chief political correspondent here at 93 WIBC.